This podcast contains sensitive content which some may find disturbing. Information shared here should not be construed as medical advice. If you or someone you love needs help with trauma, chronic pain, or anything else we discuss here, please seek out a medical professional. All resources shared are for entertainment purposes only. All content represents the opinions of Kim and Anna and any special guests and do not necessarily reflect the positions of any organizations they work for. This is not ideal, but we're going with it. A mother-daughter podcast about chronic pain, trauma, mental illness, and more. Kim is a trauma therapist and certified addiction counselor who lives in Pennsylvania, USA. And her daughter, Anna, is a scoliosis sufferer and trauma survivor living in the tropical north of Australia. Join us each week as they discuss topics from their life experiences. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. This is Not Ideal, but we're going with it, the podcast. I'm Kim and I'm the mom. And I'm Anna. I'm the daughter. And I don't know if you can tell from the tone of my voice, but I'm annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) The reason I'm annoyed is because this is take three of this You are always annoyed. You are always annoyed. Fake news. Sometimes I'm very (laughs) happy and jolly. And that was the first two episodes. But now here we are. And the reason we are on take three, let me just give you guys a quick encapsulation (laughs) of the reason, is because today we wanted to talk about something of a relapse that has happened with me and pain. Uh, And it's pain in a new area. It was a scary thing that happened. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. Mom, whenever she talks about this happening, since it was only five days ago, becomes immediately depressed. (laughs) And that comes through on the podcast and inevitably around minute 25 which is of course only five minutes away from the end of our episode she will say something to the effect of we need to start over i'm too depressed in this episode (laughs) and then i say well that's the same thing that happened last time i don't think it's gonna get any better next time i don't know if i can do this i seriously don't because this is hard. It is just a difficult thing. And I don't really talk to anyone but you about this. And so I realized I haven't really processed it until yeah. we're recording the, pro- Luckily, the podcast. Luckily, you had an hour now to yeah. process it over the, <laughs> over the course of two recording sessions, each half uh, an hour long. Now, let me wrap up for you guys nice, what's be happening. Be nice to me. Be nice to uh-huh. me. Mm-hmm. It's let hard. Let me wrap it up for you guys. Okay, fine. I'll give you the brief version. I was on a walk with my, I've told this story now like five times in the last hour. I was on a walk with my husband, chef's kiss. He's incredible. I was down at the river, which is right across the street from my apartment building. And all of a sudden I get a nerve attack in my left leg, really bad nerve pain. And I think to myself, okay, it's bad, but it's bearable because it was similar to something that happened semi-frequently and actually still happens semi-frequently ever since the surgery. So it's pain, it's, it gets really itchy, it gets burning, it gets it's, stinging. It's not, it's not sciatica pain. No, it is not sciatica. Mm-hmm. Don't come at me with sciatica. I know <laughs> the difference between my nerves. And essentially what it feels like is like somebody is taking off your skin mm. all over your legs. And I thought to myself, okay, it's just the left leg. And I currently, I'm walking, yes, but I think I can get back, you know, and it'll be fine. So we kind of start to go and head back. And all of a sudden, both of my legs start hurting this way. And the pain also ramps up to, you know, I want to say like a 10 out of 10 on the pain scale, but here's the thing. So when I say it's a 10 out of 10 on the normal pain scale, it actually would be probably like an eight on my pain scale. 
But regardless, it's bad, okay? And all of a sudden, it was like both legs were shaking. I couldn't get it under control. I felt like I was going to pee my pants and also vomit. And I kind of lost control of my brain a little bit. I started yelling at Aaron, like not out of anger, but just out of urgency of like, please help me get home, get me home. You know, because we had walked. It wasn't even like you could put me in the car and drive me home. So he helped me get home as quickly as we could. And I got into bed. He helped me get into bed. I had to take a bunch of medicine that I hadn't had to take, you know, since 2018 or maybe early 2019, you know, that was for the nerve pain that they were expecting to happen after surgery. This obviously is much longer term nerve pain. And they recognize that I have, you know, when I, I've gone back for follow-up appointments and my surgeons have said, yeah, you have some nerve damage that we weren't expecting. And that's probably going to be there for the rest of your life since it didn't heal in the first year, which is normally like the benchmark of how long it takes nerve pain to heal if it's gonna. And so they've said that this is a complication, but this has never happened before where all of a sudden it is like completely incapacitating in the middle of the street, losing my mind in pain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I came home, took medicine, got into bed and I, then I texted you and mm -hmm. we FaceTimed and there were definitely some tears shed on my part because not only was it very painful, it was also very frightening and it was mm -hmm. also very discouraging because yep. I really, one of my, and this is going to probably be hard to comprehend for some people, but one of my actual goals as in like an achievement goal in my life is to get out of pain. And right. That's an interesting way of looking at it because it seems like it should be more of a goal as in like a dream rather than a concrete aspiration, like an achievement that I want to be able to write down on my resume. But because of the way that my brain operates, I am very achievement oriented and I really like to be able to say I did this thing. <laughs> hmm. And getting out of pain, I haven't achieved it and it drives me nuts that I haven't achieved it. And more than that, it's not even just that I have failed in that department. It's that I'm costing other people. So this yeah. surgery was supposed to make everything worth it. It was supposed to yeah. fix it, fix everything. I was supposed to attain my goal there in that way of getting out of pain. And it costs so much from so many people. I mean, it costs so much emotional investment and financial investment, psychological investment, relational investment. Mm -hmm. And everybody was pulling for this to work and to put me out of pain. And I really thought that it was going to fix everything and that when I woke up, everything was going to be worth it. And that also nobody else was ever going to have to invest that kind of stuff into me again. Mm -hmm. But then I woke up and alas, the pain was not gone. And it even maybe became even more complicated. Now the surgery was great. It did fix a lot of things. I'm so glad that I got it done and I would never take it back. But it didn't fix everything. And as far as my pain goes, it kind of just made my pain situation more complicated, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't really have I didn't have this kind of nerve pain before. And it, it just well, it almost I was going to say before your pain was just constant. Yeah. So, I mean, and in that sense, prior to the surgery, you really were not doing well. You you really were talking about not not being able to continue. Yeah, I was wanting to throw in the towel for sure. And that's how you know that it was real, real chronic but, pain. But anyway, yes. so... Actually, hold on really quick. I do want to quick put in a brief, teeny tiny psychological fact tidbit. There is something called learned helplessness, which was discovered through the study of rats in cages when they would shock the feet of rats. Mm -hmm. So there were two cages of rat, rats getting their feet shocked. 
And in one cage, there was a lever that if the rats stepped on the lever, they would be able to avoid the shocks. Mm -hmm. So in that way, they could do something about it to avoid pain. In the other cage, the rats got their feet shocked no matter what. And in the cage where they couldn't avoid being shocked, they developed the animal equivalent to depression. And mm-hmm. so because they had no way to avoid that pain happening every day, they became depressed and they tried to give up. Those little rats, which makes me sad that it ever happened to them. Very sad, actually. Sadder than it should. <laughs> I feel so bad for those little rats and I can't imagine being one of those people who does that. I think that those experiments should not be done, but whatever. <laughs> We're off on a tangent. Now, listen, yeah. I have something listen, I want to say. No, I don't care. Those rats developed depression. Rat depression. They developed rat yeah. depression. Learned, learned helplessness. Learned helplessness. Yes. And that was happening to me before my surgery because there was right. nothing I could do to avoid the pain. I was absolutely very sad. Um, <clears throat> so I really thought that this surgery was going to fix everything. But then it didn't. And now I feel like it's my fault. And I would love to right. hear from our listeners. That's what you said to me. Yeah. When we were FaceTiming, you said, I just feel like I I have failed. I failed the surgery and that just broke my heart in two. And I'm still sad because I know that that was a pretty low point and you were in a lot of pain and your legs were all discolored and it's it's weird. We don't know. We don't know what, what caused it. It's scary when something like that happens. Yeah. Very weird nerve things happening in your body ever since. Very weird. Very, I've, I've never forgotten that one day that we took that walk and all of a sudden one half of your body turned purple. And I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought that I'd walk through poison ivy because all of a sudden I had like bolts of dark red purple all down my legs. Yes. And then you said after this most recent incident, did you say your legs turned purple, just the upper yeah, half? or the tops of my mm. thighs turned purple, yeah. Sweetie, I know. I'm so sorry. But here's a good thing is that then I went to the doctor on Tuesday, so a couple of days ago, like I said, wait, and I told him. Wait, first I started Googling and sent you about a million corrective measures. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you told me to take uh, turmeric. <laughs> All, all my remedies always end up the same. Eat meat. <laughs> yes, eat meat and also turmeric. Yep, that is very true. Oh, I'm so sorry. I don't, okay. it's just panic. It's panic Google. Some, I think Google just you, sends me the same messages for whatever you, I'm looking for. When you have an anxiety attack, one of the things that helps you is to make a lot of recommendations and to have me listen to them. Listen to me. To I... It's not fair that you live on the other side of the earth. No mother should have to go through this Listen, and have to watch it on also, FaceTime. It's not fair and, that I can't also live near you and also live on the beach with free health care. Okay, well, can we remedy that? Nobody gets what it's like, so I don't even bother trying to explain Nobody it to people. Nobody understands. Nobody knows people what we've like, been how's, through. How's Anna? And I'm like, hmm, yeah, not so great. <laughs> But I'd rather not speak of it. (laughs) It just is a real bummer, you guys, because you really, and I would love to hear from our listeners who have stuff like this going on, because like I said before, I know specifically of two listeners who listen every week who have chronic, terrible, terrible chronic pain, chronic medical issues. And from them and from people like them, I would love to hear if you guys also deal with these feelings of like guilt that you cost so many of your loved ones 
financial investment, but more than that, emotional sorrow. Like you cause them to be sad so often. And okay, it's like, well, that makes me feel bad for feeling sad. Okay, so yeah, I'll be so happy. Get over yourself. Because okay. here's the thing. You can't do anything about being in pain. If you could, you would. And the whole point is that you can't avoid being in pain. But then you go and try to tell one of your family members that you're in pain because they're like, how are you? And you're not going to lie because you love them. And you tell them and then they get sad and you're like, oh, I don't want to make you sad. Now I'm just spreading the pain around. Part of it is that you live on the other side of the earth. That is the piece that like if I could run over to your apartment and be like, oh, I can see you now. And yeah, I don't know. That would be a lot easier if we lived near each other. It's just hard because I even know now with COVID, they won't even let me in your country because your country is closed. Because you guys are all dirty. Yeah. It's true that everybody thinks Americans are gross right now. They do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, In your country. (laughs) Okay. Yes, they do. And that's why you guys are all on the no-fly list. We don't let anybody, anyone over here. Are you letting people from other countries over? No. But- I pretty much guarantee that you guys are going to be the last on the list. <laughs> well, that's stink. Could I fly you over here if I wanted to? Um, no, I don't think so. No? Or- Even so, I wouldn't be able to get back if I did. Good. <laughs> anyway, it's it's a hard thing to have happen. You know, and you get into this pain and then you, you start feeling guilty, you know, and I really struggle with that and I have for a long time. So how are you, So tell them how you are now. How am I right now? I'm doing better now because I took a two hour nap. This happened on Saturday. It's Thursday now. So it's been five days. I told Aaron to come wake me up in a couple of hours. And he did. He came back and he woke me up and he sat down and he kind of like put his, he like started petting my head to wake me up like that. And I woke up really slowly because, you know, super foggy. And he goes, That's because I text Aaron like every four seconds and say, have you checked on her? Is she okay? What's happening? Did you realize how good he is to put up with all that? Like not He's only to amazing. take care of me so deftly, but also to put up with you. But That's very true. He woke me up and he goes, I have something for you. And I opened my eyes a Was little bit Was it cake? More. It's close. I opened my eyes a little bit more and I go, what is it? And he goes, it's something really cold. And I said, is it an ice cream hot fudge sundae hmm. <laughs> from McDonald's? And he said, yes, it is. It's a hot fudge sundae. He'd gone. He, walked, he walked across the road down 11 stories across the road to get to McDonald's and come all the way back just with one hot fudge Sunday with extra hot fudge. And he wow. had brought that back to me just so that I and could nuts. wake up to a better life. No, they don't do the nuts over here. What? Oh, I know you're telling well, me. They don't do the nuts over here either, or they've been out of nuts for the past decade since coronavirus started. It's kind of a hit or miss whether they even have hot fudge, Ugh. but they definitely haven't had nuts for like months. I don't know what's Ugh. happened. I hate that. I know. Aaron also had a party bucket of M&Ms for me, which I'm Aww. still munching on even, uh, you know, five days later. Can I ask you something? Uh-huh. <clears throat> Is there something I could have done differently so that you felt less sad? No, you were perfect. No, I just want you. That's the thing. I am not willing to give up the emotional support that you offer via Skype by Skyping me and feeling sad with me when I'm sad. It's just that I also then feel guilty that I that it's happened. I'm not willing to not tell you about it. I'm not willing to save you. Well, I know, I know. Sad. But is there something I could be doing as your mom? No, just being sad there with me is what helps. I think so I'm more than sad. Being sad 
helps you being sad helps me and that's why i feel guilty about it anyway i don't i don't know why you would feel guilty complex. oh you mean you feel guilty because you don't want to cause more pain yeah okay but you being in emotional pain with me does help me and so how it, empathy okay. the exact same reason as the little i mean there's bear no way in the hole and the bear says to the rabbit i just want you to come down here and sit with me and the rabbit comes down and he says boy it's dark down here that's actually the bear that comes down oh is it no yeah. Yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. but there's actually no i mean as a mom if there's any mothers out there who deal with this if there are, there, <laughs> if there are no, any mothers out there no no i don't know if there's anything worse than your child in pain and you can't do anything about it there might i guess there would be i guess there's worse than that i bet your child missing would be worse well, true. <laughs> <laughs> okay moving right along from worst case scenario anxiety brain uh <laughs> But anyway, I so here's a good piece of news. Also, the other thing is, what goes through my mind is, should we have not had you do the surgery? Should I have said no? We're no, not doing that. No, because it wasn't your choice to make. First of all, and right. second of all, That's I true. maintain today that you know, had I not gotten it, and right now I could be thinking I could still go have that surgery. That's all I would be wanting, and I would also have resented you, and would still be resenting you had you said I you wouldn't support me getting it. Right. So, True. It was the right choice. And I will say about you, I will say about you, even uh, in, I remember that night, that's such a long night where I almost had to call 911 and we were partway between the hospital and home and you were in so much excruciating pain. Oh and yeah, I, that was awful. I asked you, do you wish you hadn't gotten the surgery? And you said, no, I'm, I'm had, to, I'm so glad I got the surgery. Even in your worst, lowest point. You have always yeah. said, I'm so glad I got the surgery, which has been a comfort to me. But I've wondered if you say that just to comfort me. <laughs> no, no, I definitely do okay. not. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Because well, good. You... Don't don't coddle me. I won't. Um, it is very true, though, that before I got the surgery done, I was experiencing learned helplessness and mm -hmm. I was definitely struggling and yeah. right up like right in those final few months before the surgery, there were definitely some scary situations of just uh, really not being sure if I was going to make it. I mean, the pain yeah. had gotten so, 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 so terrible. Yeah, that's true. So absolutely, it needed to happen. I'm glad it happened. And I am better off now than I was before the surgery. It's just that it's complicated now. Do you have times where you are not in pain? Yes. And that, and that is so key because I didn't have that before. And also, I went to the doctor about this thing that happened on Saturday. I went to the doctor on Tuesday to talk to him about it and also just to talk. We've been trying to find a pain regimen for, you know, I mean, years. <laughs> yes. You you have tried every every medication on two that two different continents can provide. I think you yeah. have I think we have every prescription known to mankind that we have yeah. attempted. But there's a new medication that I had to see a specialist. Uh, a guy who specializes specifically in pain management and prescribing, you know, uh, stuff that other doctors aren't allowed to prescribe. I had to see him and I saw him on Tuesday in conjunction, actually conjunction, conjunction, what's your function right before I saw, <laughs> right before I saw my GP 
uh, or my uh, what do you guys call them? Family, uh, family care. We call them GPs here too. Oh, do you? Okay. General practitioners. General practitioners. Uh, yes. And so <laughs> I saw the pain specialist, and he prescribed me a new medication that's dual acting. But it essentially acts on two different receptors in the brain to block pain coming from two different spots to, uh, to raise your pain threshold that way. This medicine is sometimes used to treat obesity. I looked it up. We don't have the equivalent here, whatever it is. What? Yeah, you've got to. Mm -mm. Oh, you're right. Maybe you don't. Anyway, it's it has proven already to be so helpful. I've only been taking it for... Yes, but it's a little early. Two and a half days. Yes, that's true. I refuse to get my hopes up, only to have them crashed against the rocks. But so normally when I go to the gym and I do not, I do not work out hard, I have somehow been blessed. Let me just give you guys a quick update because this is actually so odd. <laughs> and yet I feel like it needs to be shared. I, maybe this is too much information, but I have polycystic ovaries. It's a quite a common thing. Uh, at least I feel like it's common because like four of my closest friends also have it. Uh, but normally <laughs> from my, from my extensive research of my friends, it might just be that I really attract people who don't have the best health, but, um, <laughs> normally something that is associated with polycystic ovaries, also known as PCOS, uh, is obesity because normally it affects your hormones and you, you just become, uh, obese. Now I have that. And also, also the pain probably makes you not want to move around very much. You mean the pain from the cyst? The poly, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. It's it very, is painful. very painful. But yeah, it can definitely, yeah, especially when they rupture. When they rupture, a lot of times hospitals think that you have appendicitis and that your appendix mm -hmm. is rupturing, which is why which... I almost missed my spinal surgery. Yeah. Yes. In with a rupturing cyst because, you know, when they actually rupture, it is very painful. And Do you I remember that? They almost took out yeah. your appendix and that they didn't yeah. because your surgeons told them not to, right? No, they didn't because they said your appendix is is about to rupture and we need to get you into surgery. And I said, let me call my surgeons to see if that's going to stop me from getting the surgery I actually want in two weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I called them and I said, listen, I want to take out my appendix. And they said to me, it's your call. But if you get your appendix out, we're not going to be able to do this because it's too close right. to your colon and then we could risk infection. And so I said to the doctor there in the room, I said, how confident are you that my appendix is about to rupture? And they said, we're like 90% confident. And I said, how can we bring it to 100%? And they said, we can get you a CT scan. And so I said, okay, then get me a CT scan. And they said, well, we don't want to because we are really pretty sure that you have it. And getting a CT scan when it's redundant is just going to increase your likelihood of ovarian cancer later or uterine cancer because of all the radiation that you've got going on. And I'm like, and you said, I'll take I'm not it. willing to risk it. Yeah. <laughs> I said, give me the, give me the uterine cancer if you've got it, but I, I'm not missing out on this back surgery. So unless you can prove to me on a screen that my appendix is rupturing. I'm not getting it out. And so they did the CT scan and they're like, well, we can't, the, the CT scan is inconclusive. And so wow. I said, I'm checking myself out. And so then I walked I out. I remember of that. And then I had over. to live for two days wondering <laughs> if your appendix had ruptured. And I had to sign everything saying, you know, I'm discharging myself against medical advice. Uh, and I think but I, yeah. my surgeons in the think... States were like, you go girl. And oh I word. remember being like, what are you going to do if your appendix ruptures while you're in the air? Oh, oh I remember God. that. That's so true. Anyway. How terrible. Anyway. Listen, we got to get back to the, to the plot. Anyway, line. it was just a cyst. Yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. 
It was just a cyst, but it was rupturing, yada, yada. Anyway, that plus the fact that I don't, I can't work out a whole lot with my back. It really, I mean, the pain is, it, it's inhibitory. You know, you can't really, it's not like I can go road but you, But you also have to work out because of your back, right? No, don't try to correct me until I'm done with my story. I, Wait, <laughs> I thought, well, why are you working out then? I thought you had to work out because you're trying to get your muscles along your sides. There is a popular opinion amongst many medical professionals that if you work out hard enough through the pain the first few months, that there is then a chance that your pain will then go down if you can manage to build up the muscle first. Right. But the muscle building process is really painful for not a whole lot of payoff regardless. So well, then why are you working out? Well, that's the thing. I don't work out a whole lot. But when I do, (laughs) it hurts. So I don't work out a whole lot. Plus, I have polycystic ovaries, which should make me obese anyway. You know, I have all of the medical stuff that should make me obese. And now I'm on a pain medication, or a, a medication in general that's supposed to make me not obese. And yet I'm wasn't obese in the first place. And I just am wondering to myself, boy, this is really, I've really ended up in a weird spot. Anyways, all that goes to say, I don't even remember where we got onto this topic. But it's working. (laughs) Yeah, so far it is working. And how do you know it's working? Because the nerve pain went away. Oh, actually, I think that this is, this is getting there. Yes, yes, yes. This is why I got onto the topic of being obese and yada, yada. Anyway... When I do work out, which is not often because of my back, which is another reason that I should be obese. When I do work out, I come home and I'm in a lot of pain. And then over the next day, it gets even worse and worse and worse. And normally there's not a whole lot I can do about it other than take a bunch of oxycodone. And that normally just makes me super sick. And then I'm out of commission for another couple of days. And then I start the cycle all over again the next day and I go work out and blah, blah, and it continues. And so it goes. But with this new medication, I worked out yesterday and I haven't even been in pain. Are you able to eat? Because why does it why does it cure obesity? Is it because it, uh, it it's an appetite? It, one of the things, yeah, is an appetite suppressant. It's not meant to do that, but it's just one of the side effects. Are you eating? Yeah, I yeah, I'm still eating. But that being said, it is twelve thirty, and I haven't eaten anything yet today. But that's mainly because this is our third take, and I was <laughs> planning on doing one take and then going and having peanut butter toast. But alas, here we are. Good choice. Yeah, but then I just got a text from Aaron saying that he ate all the bread and now we don't have any bread left. What? I know. So now I have to get... you just have to go downstairs? Yeah, Yeah, but I'm not in pants right now. And having to put them on on. is a big deterrent. You might want to record with pants on from now on. Why? (laughs) Excuse me, to our our listeners, do you guys mind that I'm not wearing pants? (laughs) Let us know in the comments below I a mind. week from now. One I week from mind. today, let me know if you are uncomfortable in this moment. That I'm pants. Could you could you care less? I could not possibly in this universe or any other care less. <laughs> there's an episode, there's an episode in the office where Dwight says <laughs> They say now Dwight is going to give a statement of his of his um, of his regrets. And he says, I state my regrets. <laughs> I state my regret. That's right. I actually just watched that one recently. I rewatched it a couple months ago. <laughs> I thought of you when, when I heard regret. that. I, I state my regret. <laughs> oh, that is funny. I love Dwight. No one does Dwight like Dwight does Dwight. This is true. All right, okay. anyway, moving right along, we managed to get through an episode without mom crying. So 
and look how I'm, <laughs> how happy I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited that you're feeling better and it's hard to be this far away from you. I love you. I'm so glad that we can do this together and talk through this together for a third day. <laughs> All right. Thanks for, thanks for helping me through your pain. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for letting me make you sad all the time because I, it really helps me feel better when you are sad there with me. Well, I, we do, we, we feel for you. We pray for you and we think about you all and the time. And on that and high Aaron. note, yes. please go follow us on Instagram and also Twitter and also Facebook at Not Ideal Podcast. We may have an interesting interview coming up. We don't know for sure, but sometime in the future, we have some interesting people that we're meeting. <laughs> Keep you on the edge of your seats. This may be happening, but due to my anxiety, I cannot confirm or deny until we have something signed in our in our back pocket. That's right, oh. but it could be exciting. We're so glad you stayed with us. Or it could be boring. And- no, it will be exciting. But we know so that... So what I'm saying is, or it could be a non-event. No, it will be an event. We'll have something. All right. But we're so glad. We're so thankful for our listeners. And for those of you who deal with this kind of stuff, we'd love to hear from you, how you cope with it. We know that we're not alone in this, although yeah. we do have a unique story. Comment <laughs> on our posts or write us in in our private messages uh, whether or not you have experienced it, what we are now terming endures guilt because you have endured Ooh. enough pain and you've endured causing other people sorrow and do you feel guilty about that because if you do write in maybe we can how did you, how did you cope how did you get through it yeah so on that positive note <laughs> we love you guys and we'll talk follow us on instagram time. at not ideal podcast yeah and i'm kim i'm the mom signing off And I'm Anna, I'm the daughter, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you guys for joining us today. Stay tuned for more podcasts from Anna and Kim on the new series, Not Ideal, But We're Going With It. Also, check out their new website at www.notideal.net.